Welcome to the Innovate CT podcast. Welcome to a live Innovate CT podcast at the Sika Castle Conference here in Hartford, Connecticut, the Convention Center. And I'm thrilled to be with Melissa Tom, who, and Melissa, I'm going to read your, your Twitter description so I get this right. Okay. Because there's a lot of like <laughs> words and uh, acronyms, acronyms in here. So you're a, an MS teacher librarian. So middle school. Middle school teacher librarian, ALA, AASL, CRA, GHAC. You're part of the CT School Librarians, uh, VP. You're uh, part of SICA. You're Google certified. You're a nerdy book girl. <laughs> and it says Scholastic CAB. Yeah, Customer Advisory Board. Customer Advisory Board. Book Very fairs. cool. Yes. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And for those of you that follow Innovate Connecticut, Melissa has done one of our Two Minute Tuesday videos on how to create a culture of reading because Melissa is all about reading in the classroom. Yes. So why don't you share, so that was like your official description for Twitter, why don't you share a little bit about us and what you do every day uh, with all your students. Uh, um, so I've been a librarian for five years. I started as a classroom teacher where I spent 12 years working with fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Uh, I have been now in the library, as I said, for, this is my fifth year and it's been such an amazing transition. Everything that I loved about teaching, I got to bring with me to the library and got to leave behind a few of those things that teachers have to do that weren't so fabulous. So it's been a really good transition. Um, I'm in a middle school in West Hartford. We have sixth, seventh, and eighth graders and 420-ish students. And I have a completely flexible schedule, so I get to collaborate with classroom teachers on a variety of topics having to do from research to makerspace to literacy. Um, I do a lot with National History Day. I'm a big proponent of that. And I get, to, I get to see students who come visit me. We have lunch in the libraries often that they just come and they hang out. And I have author visits. And I get to see kind of all the positive sides of kids um, that sometimes, as a classroom teacher, you don't get to see all the time because yeah. it's a bit so, of a different situation. So I want to I talk a little bit about what you said because I think what people think of as a traditional library is changing and has changed dramatically mm -hmm. since you and I were in elementary school, middle right. school as an example. But I want to ask you, before we get there, just back to your career. So when you were growing up, did little Melissa always want to be a librarian? Or did you, or is this something that evolved as you went through school? Well, little Melissa, or Missy, as my family still calls me, always knew I was going to be a teacher. Always. Like, since I was seven, I just knew that I was going to be a teacher of some sort. It's funny because my mom, when I started college, she said, you should go be a librarian. Because I was that kid who would have my book with me everywhere I went. I grew up on a farm in Minnesota, and I would bring my book and my kittens and I'd go out into the woods and I would spend all day reading and snacking on my snacks that I snuck from the kitchen and just have my kittens and my mom would not worry because she knew I was somewhere on the property. Reading. Yep. Um, so she has always seen that and she tells everybody that story so no matter, it, yeah, it's embarrassing but I'm just going to share it so now it's out there. And now it's come true. Now it's and come now true. And so that, when I so told funny. her five years ago and the way that I actually got into the library role wasn't really on purpose. So I was a teacher in Hartford, and unfortunately, the majority of schools in Hartford do not have school librarians, and many of them don't have school libraries. So that's something that is is a goal of mine. My big vision is to try to help change that at some point. But 
At the school that I was at, the Renzulli Academy, we got a grant from the state to create a library learning commons and makerspace. So we had um, some funding, we built the space. I wanted to be officially the school librarian part-time and keep my fourth, fifth, and sixth grade social studies classes because I didn't want to leave the classroom oh, wow. completely. Wow. And so I went to go get my certification and I, at that point, had already had two master's degrees so I didn't have A, the time, nor B, the money to pursue a third degree so I got the certification the um, 062 in Connecticut and in Connecticut library um, the position of librarian is is I think a, well was and still is seen as a shortage area so they have the advanced route to certification so it was a year-long program for a lot less money so it's accelerated, right? right and so I did that in a year and um, the last year well the year that I was doing that things just changed in Hartford the situation changed so I was um, kind of in, in need of a new job. And I had started just interviewing earlier in the winter before anything kind of changed in Hartford. And the week I found out that my position was not going to be the same the following year in Hartford was the, the same week that I got a call from West Hartford asking if I wanted to interview for a middle school library position. So that's how I, I ended up full-time librarian. And it was I am so happy that the universe just works that way because I loved my job in Hartford and it was kind of a dream job. I got to design my own curriculum and we had a lot of freedom and we did amazing things. But I think that I didn't have enough brain space to do things outside of work because there was just so much that was on my plate every single day and it was just draining that moving into this position in the library has allowed me to kind of expand my professional life a little more and get out there in the state and a little bit nationally that I'm able to try to bring some change that I really would like to see in, in libraries. Yeah, you do a lot of volunteering outside of your day job, I, which is fantastic. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the library because I think a lot of a lot of listeners think of a traditional library in the sense of it's really quiet, can't talk, maybe just whispers, right? <laughs> and and books everywhere. Right. How has it evolved over the past, say, 5, 10, 15 years? And, and I'd love to hear what, what your thoughts are on this. Where do you think it's going? Right. Well, the first thing I want to say is that we still have books. And we will always have books. And I don't agree with anybody out there who says books are going to be a thing of the past. I absolutely think that is never going to happen. Um, I think that the way that we interact with text will continue to evolve, but there will always be the print option for us. Um, I really hope it's true. Um, but also, I feel like the role of the librarian, we're more than just book pushers, though. That's kind of what we joke about in the field, you know, that we're not just sitting behind our desk with that bun in our hair and our cardigan and our glasses, shushing anybody who walks through our doors. Um, most libraries now are very dynamic spaces. And for instance, in my library, I have a makerspace. And you can come on any given afternoon and many days, you will see kids taking apart electronics, you will see kids building with Legos, you will see kids in the quiet corner reading their book, or they come for lunch and we talk about whatever books they're reading and we kind of nerd out about that kind of thing. Um, there's a computer lab where they're designing and some coding is happening or Minecraft on Thursday afternoons. Well, bring your earplugs your is all I gotta say. I could try to shush and it wouldn't work, but. Um, so it's just a very dynamic role that we are kind of ubiquitous. We're, we're everywhere and I can collaborate with any teacher um, on really any topic and um, we have to remain relevant and we have to get people to understand that the role has evolved and it's going to continue and where I see it going, I'm not really sure. Um, 
I don't, what I hope that happens is that we continue on this positive trend that people see us as necessary. There's so much information out in the world today and a lot of it is not value, like valid information. It's, it's something that you have to sift through to get to the truth. It's, you have to have critical reasoning and skills that we have been talking about these 21st century skills. Well, it's almost 2020, so it's not the beginning of the 21st century anymore. Like we need to figure out where we are going and it's hard to prepare for a future that nobody really knows what it's going to be like because it's evolving exponentially. So just as librarians to be ready for whatever comes and flexible, like as a teacher too, any teacher worth their salt has flexibility, patience, and just tenacity to like get through all of the stuff that we have to get through. Because a, a lot of people in our positions are successful in spite of the structure that they find themselves in, not because of it. I, th I think being open-minded is really important because you, to your point, you really don't know where where we're going. And I think if you had asked librarians 20 years ago if they would have maker spaces in their libraries, they probably would have laughed at you. Right. And said, what, or what, what, is, what, what, what is a about? makerspace and <laughs> exactly. why would that be in the library? Right. So it almost seems to me the library is this, it's, it's more of like a central hub for learning where you're doing, to your point, if books is a central part of it, there's a lot more going on now, which, which is really cool. Right. So what, how do you, because you brought up an interesting point, how do you interact with the actual other teachers in the building, right? So you know, I have kids in elementary school, they still have a special where they go to the library. On, a, on one of their specific days, and they actually go to a physical room. Yep. But I know middle schools and high schools, I think it's different. So how, how in a middle school would you interact with the, the different educators throughout um, the building? Again, it's, it's very dynamic, and it, it differs from week to week and from teacher to teacher. Okay. So there are um, some teachers who love to collaborate, and I will go in, we will plan a lesson together, and I will either go to their room and we co-teach, or they come to the library and we co-teach. Um, and it can be on, like I said, any of those topics. Like with eighth grade, I do a lot of work with National History Day with research skills. So we talk about credible sources, how to cite sources, where to find sources. And I'm always, as the librarian, kind of that extra resource and set of hands and trying to get kids to go to the next level. So if there's a student who has a, a passion about a topic, the classroom teacher has how many students that he or she is responsible for. I can take a small group of those kids and we can work together and we can interview people. We can um, reach out and try to connect with the real world outside of our four walls. And that's, a, that's something that I find in my position I am able to do much more freely than a classroom teacher. Um, I also do a lot with just book talks and like I talk about culture of reading every day with somebody. And it's the idea that in our building there's just a feel and a um, you walk around and you can see that people at our school are readers and it's all the people it's the custodians and the cafeteria workers and the office staff and the students and the staff and the principal and um, and there's just conversation so I'll pop in randomly to a language arts class and I'll watch them do they do one minute book talks which are amazing and I'll just I'll watch and I'll listen and I'll comment or I might ask to do a book talk for one of the days. Like there's a new book that I'm super excited about. Can I share it with you know, your classes? And I'll go in and I'll do that. Um, and just engaging the students both in the hallway, in the cafeteria. They come to me often or I go to their classroom. So it can be very formal interaction with the teachers. It can be very impromptu. It's, and it's everything in between. So again, that openness I think is definitely a characteristic yeah, that- it, it sounds like you have a lot of freedom too. 
on, I on, do. How, on how you interact with the, with the, with the other educators I and the students. I absolutely do. And I know that that is not always the norm. I am so appreciative because the other key factor in my position is my principal is 100% supportive. And he describes the library as the heart of the school to everybody. Wow. And that's, that's his that's quote. Like that is something that he promotes and he promotes literacy and he actually was the impetus for us starting a literacy committee last year that I had. So I had eight teachers um, who were just interested in helping do whatever and we had subcommittees and we had three great events in the, in the spring. I have 12 people this year that are interested in helping and we're that's adding fantastic. students so we get that student perspective. That's a great idea. So yeah. Well, no, no that, that's great. I think that's important just to have the audience kind of hear how it's how it's evolved. Yes. So we are right now. We are at the the Sika Castle 2019 conference here here in Hartford. So can you share with us, since you're such a huge part of making this happen, what is this conference? Who's here? You know, what why does this happen every year? And what do, what do all the educators that come learn here? So I have been involved as an organizer for I think three years now, and prior to that, I have presented and attended for probably eight or nine years. So I've. I've seen it go through some iterations. Um, the audience is, first, when I first started, it was really librarians, because Castle is Connecticut Association of School Librarians, and um, tech people, IT people, because SICA is Connecticut Educator Computer Association. So those were kind of the two main groups that I think were really attending. As the, the last couple of years, with all the new standards that have come out, science has the next generation standards, um, social studies has the C3 framework that came out a, a few years back, uh, the Common Core has been around now for a while, but it's still, you know, it's still prevalent in every school. Um, and really that, those bridges, and that's even the theme of our conference this year, is building bridges, every connection counts. So the last couple of years we've really tried to invite more classroom teachers and administrators and people who are at a, at a central office location to try to, to see the connections that not everybody always sees. Um, not, and, not just, you know, not just librarians, not just media specialists or technology specialists, but the, the people that, that are in the classroom every day with the kids, they interact with all those those other educators. Exactly, and and for them to see why they would want to collaborate with a school librarian, um, and if they don't have a school librarian, to become advocates for that position, because that is another huge part of what Castle does, is we have a huge arm of advocacy. And it's something that it, you don't just do every now and then, it's every day. This podcast is a form of advocacy, getting the word out of what it is that we try to, our mission, what is our mission? Um, but I think the conference, um, something that we added in the last couple of years is Authorpalooza because uh, one of the things I was noticing is that there was a lot of options and speakers that did tech-related topics, but there wasn't as much the last couple of years of literacy and books and, and the authors that embody all of that. And so I don't want the field of librarianship to move away from the books in that sense, it's a I, part of it. Yeah, I want, but I want to, I want the public to know that we we go beyond that. So that is a huge part of what we do, but it's not the only thing we do. So I wanted to bring back the um, the focus on literacy and authors, and we have so many talented authors in our area. In Connecticut alone, they're just amazing people. Um, Massachusetts, New York, like we're kind of in a, an epicenter of that, and so. Last year we did Author Palooza for the first time and we had 10 authors kind of getting our feet wet, figuring things out. This year we have 25 authors 
Um, we did pre-sales. We partnered with RJ Julia Booksellers because we really want to promote the independent bookstore, which is another big part of our whole world. Um, we don't want to get taken over by Amazon, which although Amazon is, is useful and I use it for things, I want there to be some equity and balance. Good balance, yeah. Um, and so we're also um, working on getting a nerd camp Connecticut started, which I'm super excited about. And hopefully in the next year we can do a podcast about that That'd because be it cool. will be planned and it'll be something that actually is happening. Um, and for this conference too, we try to get a mix of featured speakers that represent these different areas of technology and integration and literacy and where those intersections happen. Yeah, it's amazing how many different options the, the, the participants have to go to. It's almost overwhelming because there's so many things people probably want to do and they can't go to all of them. It is. Uh, so, but it, it's just, I think what's great is they can kind of choose their own adventure, figure out what they want to do, what they want to see. And it, and it starts, you know, early in the morning, goes all the way till I think four o'clock this afternoon. It does, so yep. a lot of great content. Yeah, and well, and then there's the exhibitors hall, which we, that I mean, that that's kind of, those are our sponsors, right? So that's how we financially make all of this come together. And there are so many dynamic sponsors that come to the exhibit hall every year. Um, I'm on the customer advisory board for Scholastic Book Fairs. Um, and I see that back, the inner workings of what they're trying to do to revamp the middle school fair, for instance. And, and Scholastic is one of our main biggest supporters. And as Castle, they also support our unconference that happens every winter. So they are just a group that I really hope that librarians and tech people connect with and, and, and see what they're doing. They're doing so many things, but there's so many other companies. Follett is amazing with their destiny and Overdrive if you do eBooks and audiobooks. And there's a bunch of tech groups that are out there um, that are providing services and tools that librarians and teachers and just need to know about. So that's also a really important part of the, what we offer our participants to be able to take part in. So if you're, if you're an educator and you're listening to the podcast and you want to learn more about Castle or Sika, what's the best way to find out about those two organizations? Well, we are available both on Facebook, we are on Twitter at CT Castle, um, we are we have our website, if you just do a Google search of Castle in Connecticut or spell out Connecticut Association of School Librarians. Um, follow me on Twitter, Miss Tom Bookitis. Um, just, just, we're there. So find us and we will connect and we're, our board meetings are actually open in the sense that we do a mix of in-person and digital so you can get a link and be part of our Google um, our Google Hangout so that if you're somewhere in the state that you can't drive, you can be part of our conversation and hear what's going on. Um, and just let us know that you're interested. We're always looking for more active participants. And I'll make sure in the in the show description to include the link for, for Castle and Sega as well um, to make sure that anyone that wants to maybe volunteer yeah. or get involved will have that option to do that. So. That sounds awesome because we're going to need a lot of volunteers for Nerd Camp. <laughs> All right. Well, so. thank you for making time today. I know you have to get back to the conference and help all these great authors, uh, but this was a lot of fun and we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. If you would like to get involved with Innovate CT, please visit our website at www.innovatect.org. There you can find links to our social media. We currently are active on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.